0: Hey, this is Rupa, and this is an Otherhood Short. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your time. There's no need to bunch up. There's no problems here. On Monday, a bomber at an Ariana Grande concert in Manchester, England, killed 22 people. On Tuesday, President Donald Trump released his proposed budget.
1: This is the president's FY 2018 budget. Um, The name on the cover is the new foundation for American greatness,
0: okay? So, how are those two things linked? In the wake of the bombing, the community said it had previously reported the bomber to British authorities as someone who was possibly radicalized. Experts say that kind of reporting is one of the best ways to prevent terrorism. That's why the U.S. has a program to help communities work with law enforcement to identify possible extremists of any religion. It's called countering violent extremism, and Trump's new budget wipes it out of existence. The CVE program has always been controversial, and the reaction to Trump's budget cut has made for some really strange bedfellows. Some Republicans have hailed the move, and the Council on American Islamic Relations says it welcomes, quote, any step that ends the flawed and counterproductive CVE initiative. Meanwhile, the Anti-Defamation League says cutting the program is, quote, dangerously short-sighted. To talk about this, I went back to one of the architects of the Countering Violent Extremism program, Farah Pandit. She worked at the State Department and was the first special representative to Muslim communities. I asked her to start with a short history of CVE. So the countering violent
1: extremism is a term that was formed in 2006, when the national security strategy was written for President Bush. And in that security strategy, he talked about needing to not just have a battle of arms, but a battle of ideas. And that's critical because that ideological component speaks directly to how young people are getting radicalized. So that whole field of stopping radicalization from happening, meaning how do you persuade a young person not to find the ideology of extremist groups interesting is what countering violent extremism is. So this is not law enforcement, this is not advocacy, this is about building up influential voices that can speak directly to the issue of ideology so that young people uh, will not go on a path that connects them to, to violence.
0: Okay, I wanted to talk to you because I was reading about the cut of funding to the CVE program by the Trump administration in their proposed budget, and then there was this Manchester bombing, and it's been reported that the authorities were previously contacted about the bomber, and it struck me that the CVE program is kind of what aims to do that in the U.S., aims to work with communities to identify possibly radicalized people and bring them forward. So just to start out with, is that a fair line to draw, a fair comparison to make? It is
1: critical to understand that local communities are actually seeing and hearing things first. When a young person begins to act differently, think differently, behave differently, it is oftentimes people within the home and then within the neighborhood and their peer group that begin to see those changes. That's why it's so important to actually build bridges with local communities and to understand what's happening at the local level. I would say to you that Muslims themselves have a whole set of programs and ideas and initiatives to help prevent radicalization from happening. But there's no money to support these set of ideas. And the issue right now in 2017 is we've learned over 16 years since 9-11 how powerful those local ideas are. And what we have to do is invest in those ideas and scale them up so that they are actually able to compete with the ideology of the extremists. And President Trump, said very specifically in his Saudi speech that he understood that the ideology was important, that we had to undermine the ideology of extremist groups.
0: The United Arab Emirates has also engaged in the battle for the hearts and souls, and with the United States launched a center to counter the online spread of hate. Bahrain, too, is working to undermine recruitment and radicalism.
1: He has to be able to not just speak words, but his deeds have to actually match his words, which means the money that goes toward stopping the appeal of the ideology, both overseas and in the homeland, has to be scaled up, not decreased.
0: So it sounds like you're saying yes, that this is the U.S. program that would attempt to identify individuals like the bomber in Manchester.
1: The ability for our country, the United States, to understand what's happening at a granular level means that local communities need to have the resources to be able to have their ideas come forward. And the money that is available for that doesn't only come from government. Let me be clear that government should never touch the content of these programs, how those communities actually rebut the ideology and what they're saying. That's not the government's job. But government can act as the convener and the facilitator and the intellectual partner. You should understand that President Bush, President Obama, and President Trump have all said in the post-9-11 world that soft power, the ideological component here, is important. But it is only in recent years that we have begun to hear a real conversation in America about the kind of money that's needed for ideology. And This was an opportunity for President Trump to actually say, listen, if he wants to defeat ISIS, that means he has to stop recruitment. He has to stop ISIS from building its troops. In order to do that, you have to stop the appeal of the ideology. And this is an opportunity to go all in, to give the kind of money at scale that's needed. You have trillions of dollars that have been spent since 9-11 on the military component. And just 0.0138 percent of that number is how much money that the United States government has spent on so-called soft power. I think when you look at what's coming down the pike, when you begin to see the growth of this ideology in the larger frame, nation states have to match that growth with the kind of resources to help local communities do their job. And in this case, with the cuts that have been put forward, there's no way we're going to be able to do that.
0: Okay, so the $10 million was grants to community groups to do programs. Those were supposed to go out earlier this year. But the whole CVE program was funded previously and was about, if I remember right, $50 million a year. Do you remember? Is that correct? It's around that number. But again, that's really
1: very, very small. And I think it's important to remember, too, that this isn't just about, you know, you look at um, how countering violent extremism is talked about and people are falsely believing this is just about messaging. This is just about getting more messages out there through some sort of giant center that can do this. It is not how we're going to stop recruitment. Recruitment is far beyond messaging. It's an integrated system at a local level of what's happening in an offline space and what's happening in the online space together at scale. If the money is being cut for countering violent extremism, and communities know that they're the first line of defense from somebody getting recruited, we're gonna have to see a different kind of uh, attitude here in the United States with regard to philanthropic money that comes towards this, private sector money that comes towards this, because if there are no government resources, we are not gonna be able to see the locals do what in fact that they need to do. And let me be clear here, Sixteen years after 9-11, solutions are available and they are affordable. And we need to go forward, not go backward, in how we are thinking about the power of local communities and bolstering it with the money that they need to be able to do the job to keep us all safe.
0: The nature of this program, though, it probably makes it really tough to show results, though, right? I mean, can we show that it's doing something? Because the criticism from Republicans is that we should be focusing on law enforcement, not community outreach. So is there a way to show that this program is having an impact?
1: The mistake that's been made by both Democrats and, and Republicans has been that they believe that there has to be some metric that is the end all be all for demonstrating that they've made everybody safe. And I think it's a problematic frame from which to assess, what you have to look at is over 16 years since 9-11, how have we looked at the issue of recruitment and what do we all know, whether it's just the United States or any other country in the world, we all know a couple of things. One, the spread of the ideology matters. These young people are searching for identity and belonging and they're finding an appeal with this ideology. And so we have to puncture it. And the only people that can puncture it are influential people within that peer group, people that make sense, so-called credible voices. Government of any kind in the world is not credible to a 16-year-old or a 24-year-old. Local people are. We can all agree on that. We can all agree that if any government begins to get too involved in the content of what is being put out there for these communities, it will fail. But what we can measure is how many local ideas are actually active, how that changes the atmosphere within a neighborhood, within a locale, what it means when a young person is searching for their identity and would rather go to a peer that can talk them away from a group like ISIS rather than toward it. We can measure that in the offline space. We can also measure what that person is doing online. So... In 2017, surprisingly, despite how much magic we have on the internet, how much we know about how people absorb information, we haven't flooded the marketplace and the online space with so-called counter narratives in all kinds of different forms, so that if you're a young person asking about what it means to be modern and Muslim, and how can I be a so-called true Muslim, that the content they're getting isn't just from a group like ISIS, but they're actually being moved in a direction that gives them other avenues to learn from. And those have to do with a one-on-one connections, programs where they can learn about themselves and ask themselves different questions. But the final piece, and this is the most important in my view, take a look at the pilot ideas that we seeded a few years ago with regard to counter content and counter behavior at a local level and see whether or not the young people there are beginning to think about themselves differently. That will make a difference going forward. What policymakers want to know is if I just give them this, I'll get something else in return and I can measure that and therefore the program is fine. These are very complicated things. It's very mushy and policymakers are not good with mush. <laughs> they don't <laughs> like to be able to have to get into an emotional space. That's not something that they're ever used to. But the fact of the matter is in, in prior moments in in modern history we have looked at the issue of ideology we have begun to see how we can persuade a change in behavior and a change of thinking and you have to be comfortable with seeding a lot of different things and saying that if i want to defeat isis i know that i need to stop the recruitment from happening and that's going to mean a 5 to 10 year commitment with resources at scale to see what happens and to have that kind of nuance and that movability along the way to be able to change the programs to move along with what the bad guys are doing so that we can see. And only then, I would argue, after we've done things for a couple of years at scale, can we begin to see if we're having an impact. And until then, we're just talking about things in a vacuum.
0: Under the Obama administration, the Countering Violent Extremism program was focused on reducing all forms of extremism, right, including efforts to de-radicalize white supremacists. Yes. Yeah, and reportedly, the Trump administration at one point was thinking about focusing the program, narrowing it, and actually renaming it possibly Countering Islamic Extremism. In your opinion, would that be better than just cutting this program? We have to
1: understand that what's happening to young kids is not an isolated experience. When you have a rise in anti-Semitism or a rise in Holocaust denial in Europe, it directly impacts the way other communities are feeling about themselves and what it means to be who they are. So this us and them feeling This idea of eliminating hate has to be all-encompassing. It cannot just be one kind of extremism that you're looking at. Things are connected. It is no no accident that there is an increase in far-right movements and expression at the same time that there is an increase in people being interested in groups like ISIS. Things are connected. Experience is connected. And when we're pushing back against the rise of extremist ideology, especially in in a modern era with so many tools at our fingertips, we have to invest in all of these kinds of things because they are connected. And what we have to do in our country, in the United States, not just here, but in, in our efforts globally, is to understand that digital natives, young people who have grown up using all kinds of connectivity are learning from each other. They are seeing the way an us and them narrative is explored. And what we have to do is to puncture that narrative. We have to push back against the rise of hate globally in all forms. And we have to invest in local solutions to be able to do that. I would argue that no government on earth has made this the kind of priority they should, when we know what needs to be done, when we have the solutions and we understand that they are there and that and people have bought into this idea that their local solutions can make a difference, how is it that it is possible that we can sit here and say, uh, we want people to do more, but we're not going to help them get it done?
0: I could point out that you didn't answer that question directly, but that's okay. I'll keep going. (laughs) (laughs) There were ongoing concerns from some in Muslim communities this whole time that the CVA program was actually being used as a way to surveil people without just cause. People said it was turning community members against each other, causing suspicion, fracturing communities, and causing a lot of distrust. So in a way... Could cutting the program be a good thing for some of these communities? Could it get a good response from some Muslims?
1: You know, in the last few years, there has been a lot of effort and time and energy placed into the advocacy to fight against the efforts to prevent people from getting radicalized because it's called CVE. So let's take that name off the table, even if you called it, you know, unicorns and rainbows (laughs) and asked Communities, Do you want efforts to make sure that we are protecting your young people? I would find it very surprising if communities would say we don't want to do anything to protect our young people from being lured in from extremist groups like ISIS. And that's what countering violent extremism is. It's fighting the ideology of extremist groups in this case, in the, in the issue that we're looking at right now, in the defeat of ISIS and making sure that they don't have new troops that are joining their ranks. And they're not inspiring things that are happening like Manchester because young people are getting lured in in new ways. You have to fight that. If we as a planet are going to say it is OK, that terrorist groups will have the run of the, of the world they can do whatever they want, and we're not going to invest in stopping the recruitment, then we have given up everything to these hateful people. And and it is not okay. It is our responsibility to protect our youth. And that's what this is.
0: You totally brought that full circle for me in a very beautiful way. Thank you so, so much.
1: <laughs> You're wonderful. I always love speaking to you.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time. You're I appreciate it. You're very, very it.
1: welcome. And have a good day. You okay, too. take care. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: That's it for this week. You can always tell me more about what you want to hear by posting on Otherhood's Facebook page or tweeting me at Rupa Shanoi. For producer Catherine Whalen and myself, thanks for listening. I'm Rupa Shinoy, and this has been an Otherhood short from PRI.